Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood. This is SoFloRadio.com. There were nine of them. All on the Superior Court bench. You're an instant replay, kiddo. The very same dialogue, the very same fury. Exactly. Oh, boy. You are... You are depressingly familiar. Well, we all sat around and compared horror stories, and we said, what's happened to the law? Just like you. And then somebody said the strangest thing. He said, we're the goddamn law. Think about that. We are. Not Tovad. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C. And as always, I'm joined in the studio by the master of production, the man to make sure that our groove remains sandy smooth. Mi compadre, It's official. My name is uh, is Gramps. I'm not. I'm gonna. She's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be Gramps Master Flash. I'm gonna tell her what that is. And I have the Gramps glasses. It's legit. Oh, yo, dude, it's been legit for a while, man. Of course, every Groovathon arises from an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. How you doing, fellow of mine? I'm doing great. It's uh, another beautiful day. I thought it was going to rain, and then it didn't, and no, now it's... Getting, it's, it's yeah. starting to get nice. It's starting to get... It's I'm driving around today, looking at the clouds and the palm trees and everything, and thinking about <laughs> Montana. I'm thinking about, about Montana, Montana, where I used I to live, and I'm like, and I get out of my car, and like this, this nice, not too hot gust, uh, you know, blows in, and I'm like, oh, the right. fall air is starting to show up here. Three feet of snow in Montana. <laughs> right, that's now four feet. I have to, I have to uh, send a note to uh, my friend Mike Strawbridge, who lives up there. He's in, uh, I'm not sure. Missoula or okay, I'm not sure. sure where he is. We went to high school together, but he's living in Montana. That was the thing. I saw it like on the scroll, you know, on the news channel. It was like, there's a blizzard. 
in a you know that that's mm. about to hit out right. of nowhere, and I and it it brings back the thought that okay, we're getting into that time of year where we really do get to punish everybody else in the country. If I was still bothering to uh, waste my time on Facebook like I used to, I would <laughs> I would post like you know how the Yahoo weather readout that shows you yeah. you know seventy eight degrees <laughs> all across and and the little sun symbol all the way across. I would post that as my little profile picture for my friends in Montana. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I debated as to whether or not to do the show today because it is Rosh Hashanah, and I, I, I basically concluded that uh, Hashem would approve. Okay, you know, grooving, grooving out the year we just had. You and know, there's a chauffeur around here somewhere. There's a chauffeur. Blow on it. <laughs> hey, so far, so good. Oh, uh, Quick note here. I want to send a big congrats to Pete Alonzo, the New York Mets. Broke the home run record four rookies. He hit his 53rd, uh, I guess it was Saturday. And it's it's even, it's made even sweeter by the fact that the the person who had the record before him was Aaron Judge of the dreaded evil empire pinstripers up there in the Bronx. And that made me uh, happy. You know, I'm not sure we're going to talk about today. The show doesn't go Yeah, yeah I, I know. So just uh, we'll talk about the weather uh, for, can, during yeah, every segment really, of the show. There's, there's, I don't, I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm, nothing I'm, in the news at all. Let me nothing see on it. TV. Yeah, there's nothing. There really is. Yeah. Let me see what I can if I can find something. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we've got. <laughs> there is lots. So we got uh, Lou Grant's pitch uh. for the hills to be alive with the sound of death metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pelosi pretends that she grew a pair. <gasps> oh, that's what. That's what I forgot. The treason thing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I knew it, something was. It was slipping my mind. Eat a peach, eat a peach. <laughs> so Pelosi pretends that she grew a pair while Schumer wonders if she'll let him borrow them after <laughs> she and her pals turn Trump into next year's legal version of best Bukaki seen by an ex-president. Oh. Hello. In a related story, rumor has it that Rupert Murdoch is forcing his employees to work overtime as moppers in the Fox News break room, which is now the brand new home of the Show World Triple X Center. Uh, also, Christmas comes early for Prince Andrew and Felicity Huffman with the gift of a total eclipse of the news. Roy Cohn gets another 15 minutes of shameful fame. Uh, Fareed Zakaria suddenly sun- summons the sageness of Sun Tzu <laughs> as Iran finally holds up its end of a lucrative prisoner swap. Plus, George Carlin tells us how to balance the budget. How Holbrook tells us what's wrong with our judicial system. And a little later on, we will do our best, uh, you know, to put this whole impeachment thingy in context. Mm, But, sorry, (laughs) I was drifting off there. Well, (laughs) we're going to do that. I'll tell you, that is basically instead of punishing everybody by transposing Megadeth's train of consequences into a polka song about the current state of our union. Oh, I'm just, I'm not, I was going to pretend that I didn't hear that. That was my plan all along. I know you're going to wait. I had, I had a train of treason thing. Oh, okay. (laughs) I would have liked the train of treason. The train of treason? Yes. (laughs) The train of treason. Hey, man, I love that song, Train of Consequences, man. Those guys are great. Natural. Yeah, man. Hey. Gabe Ellison. It's the treason train. Golfing buddy. Naturally, all of that is, will be surrounded by the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. <laughs> Boy, do we miss. 
Have we got you set? Yeah. Yo, we are Groovus Maximus. Because why? Hashem in the hizzy, baby, for Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
morning, one in the evening, on the matinee. He hated the work and said he needed the pay. But the evil puppeteer wouldn't let him go anyway. And one day he saw Paul, a puppet just like him. But he had no hooks in his back and no strings. Which seems not impossible, he struck it to his very core. Ran back and told the whole puppet town what he had saw. When he said what he seen, they laughed so hard they nearly split his spleen. He told him he's crazy, it must have been a dream. No such thing as a puppet without strings. What next? You gonna tell us a bird without wings? Was thinking what he'd seen, he felt so embarrassed. He said, yeah, you're probably right, it was just my sight. To months, Steve gave it no more thought. Then, out of the blue, he saw a pawn. But this time, he cut up the coverage and ran straight over. Said, Excuse me, mate, you got a minute, please wait. My name's Steve, I'm just a regular puppet. I slave for a puppeteer, hear me think nothing of it. Thought it was the only way till I saw you the other day. Even told my friends about it before I was to range. So please come to Puppet Town so they can see. See, we'd love to be the same as you see, explain it to me. Paul responded, so calm when he spoke. Never seen a man free, how will you know? But no problem, I'll come to the town, that is no hassle. But all the people, freedom is simple, and it will not dazzle. Upon this news, the town gathered with the bated breath, whispers and rumors that buzz loud enough to make you deaf. Where sign of his death was pulled to the podium and began his address. There are people posing as puppets, I hear you would like to know. I want to change freedom. First, please know. Truth is very simple and freedom will not dazzle you. If you want to be free, all you have to do is uncook yourself. You can all reach your own backs, take a look yourself. The crowd paused as if it was a disaster. Everybody just burst into laughter. Someone said, don't you think that we would have already unhooked ourselves if we possibly could have? Even Steve never looked at his back, he just laughed too. But if they don't laugh, it isn't the truth. So dear puppets of the world, please let me hear. And don't forget to check your backs for the hooks of your puppeteer.
the stupid fucking budget. Here's another idea. I'm going to save you a whole lot of money on prisons, but at the same time, we are still going to remove from society many of our more annoying citizens. Four groups are going away permanently. First group, violent criminals. Here's what you do with these Emmy Award winners. You take the entire state of Kansas. You move everybody out. You give them a couple of hundred dollars for their inconvenience, you know. <laughs> Gotta be fair. And then, you move them out, you put a big ten-story electric fence around Kansas, and Kansas becomes a permanent prison farm for violent criminals. No parole, no police, no supplies. The only thing you give them is lethal weapons and live ammunition so they can communicate in a meaningful way. <laughs> Then you put the whole thing on cable TV. The violence network. All right, next group, sex criminals. Completely incurable. You got to lock them up. You could outlaw religion, and most of these sex crimes would disappear in a couple of generations. But we don't have time for rational solutions. Much easier to fence off another rectangular state. Rectangular states are cheaper to fence. Saves the taxpayers money, you know? You take all these heavy-breathing fun-seekers and you stick them in Wyoming. 
And you let him suck, fuck, and fondle. You let him blow, chew, sniff, lick, whip, gobble, and cornhole each other until their testicles are whistling, oh, come all ye faithful. Then you turn on the cameras and you got the sperm channel. All right, next group, drug addicts and alcoholics. Not all of them, don't get nervous. Just the ones who are making life difficult for at least one other person. And we're not going to bother first offenders. People deserve a chance to clean up. Everyone will get 12 chances to clean up. Okay, all right, 15, 15, that's fine, and that's it. If you can't make it in 15 tries, off you go to Colorado. Colorado, the perfect, a perfect place for staying loaded. Each week, all of the illegal drugs confiscated in the United States that the police and DEA don't keep for their own personal use will be airdropped into Colorado. Okay, I've saved my favorite group for last. The maniacs and crazy people. Yeah. The ones who live out where the buses don't run. You know, you got to keep some of them around just for the entertainment. Like a guy who tells you the king of Sweden is using his penis as a radio transmitter to send anti-Semitic lesbian meatloaf recipes to soupy sales in Marvin Hamlish. A guy like that, you want to give him his own radio show. Now, for the Maniac Farm, I think there's no question we got to go with Utah. Utah, easy defense, easy defense, right next to Wyoming and Colorado, and Colorado is right next to Kansas, and that means all four groups of our most amusing citizens are now in one place, except for the big fences. And I think I have another one of my really good ideas for cable TV. Gates. Small sliding gates in the fences. Think of what you've got here. Think of what you've got. Predators, degenerates, crackheads, and fruitcakes. 900 miles of fence separating them. Every 50 miles, you put a small sliding gate. But the gates are only 10 inches wide, and they're only open once a month, for seven seconds. And you know something? Fuck cable. This shit has got to be on pay-per-view. Because if those gates are only open seven seconds a month, you are going to have some mighty interesting people pushing and shoving to be first online. Deeply disturbed, armed, cranky lunatics on drugs. You know the ones, a lot of tattoos, a lot of teeth broken off at the gum line, the true face of America. And every time you open the gates, a few of the more aggressive ones are going to get through. The creme de la creme, the alphas. They're going to get through, they're going to find each other, and they're going to crossbreed. And pretty soon you have a melting pot. Child killers, corpse fuckers, drug zombies, and full-blown wackaloons. Wandering the landscape in search of truth and fun. Just like now. Everyone will have guns, everyone will have drugs, and no one will be in charge. 
Just like now. But at least we'll have a balanced budget. How's that? Oh, for, well, I will too. If I started, I started the set with one of the great. You know, I, I've always said that three of the top shelf voices. Okay, the, the the voices that are all the way up there in the top shelf with the Johnny Walker Blue, with the Delamine, and the Louis Trez. Okay, the, the three voices that are up there are Tom Jones, Paul Rogers, and Chris Cornell. We got two out of the three right there. And I just came across a uh, a version of. It's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young with on the Tom Jones show, and it's got Tom Jones singing. It is fucking awesome. It is I so to, good. I should say my mom used to watch that show, therefore Yo, I used to watch Let that. me tell you something. <laughs> He's got stuff on there that is yeah. so good, and 
I just watched the video, and I'm not sure. I'm going to have to take a quick look at this. But there's a quick shot of this kid playing bass in the show. And I'm not sure, but I think it's um, Shuggy Otis, whom I've played before. Mm -hmm. Okay, he played uh, the bass lines for uh, Frank Zappa on Hot Rats, uh, uh, Peaches on Regalia, when he was like 18, 19 years old. He's a very good guitar player. There you go, though. Bad Company, Kickdown from Rough Diamonds came out in 82. That is actually the, uh, that was like their fifth or sixth, I don't know. But it was the last album they did with the original lineup with, you know, Mick Rouse and the original super group and whatnot. Apparently there was uh, some, not just infighting, but actual fisticuffs during the recording of that album. So that was why they ended up breaking up. And then, of course, you know, nobody goes away anymore. I mean... The Rolling Stones is still touring, for Christ's sake. The Grateful Dead, okay, I'd be grateful if they would be dead, but they, they just, they're like a bad mm-hmm. penny at this point. Before that, you can't go wrong. George Carlin, balance the budget. Now, it's, it's, he, he's spot on there. He absolutely nails it. Now, as he always does, I've got an entire folder of George Carlin stuff, and there isn't a bad one in there. There isn't a bad... Yeah. You know, routine, five, seven, ten-minute routine. Not one of them is bad in any way. Right. I remember listening as a kid, and and, and it's like, this isn't comedy, it's philosophy. He's a philosopher. Yeah, it's heady stuff. He used to, you know, I I saw a... uh, uh, an interview with somebody like after he died, they were talking about great comedians. And this guy was saying that one of the things that, that was great about George Collin was he would spend an entire year working on one routine. And mm-hmm. he would do it over and over and over so he could do like right. what we just heard. Mm-hmm. You know, he does it. This is a guy who did not need teleprompters. No, get, note cards. Right. Yeah, none of that stuff. He, he perfected it mm-hmm. and he perfected it every time. Mm-hmm. Before that, Shaolin Temple Defenders. I know what it is. That's the B-side of a 45 they came out with in uh, 2011. Yeah, some more fantastic funkalicious groove from Europe. Those guys are uh, out of France. Before that, us three puppets from Lie, Cheat, and Steel came out in 2011. I love those guys. Us three has got a ton of value. You know, they basically faded from popularity, I guess, you know, to, to you know, I didn't, mm. you know, put it that way. But they have, you know, they when they first came out with uh, 52nd Broadway and they had, you know, their, their version of Cantaloupe. And they, they won the Grammys, and they had the Trump, and all that stuff. And then from that point forward, you you really didn't hear much. from They weren't, you know, on the popular stage anymore. Mm. And yet they have probably at least eight, nine albums, full albums out since then. And I'd say 60% of the music on all those albums is absolutely worth getting, you know, worth listening to. It's good stuff. They have consistently come out with some really, really groovy stuff. Before that, we both love her. Yeah. Okay. Tori Amos. Right. Tallulah, that is the Tornado mix, a remix of the originals on uh, Boys for Pele. So, uh, not Pele. You have to remember. All right. It's not Pele. All right. Pele. Okay. Pele is a soccer player. Pele is the goddess of of fire fire and volcanoes. volcanoes, Yeah, you know. She was uh, apparently she's uh, she's back. Uh, she's calmed down a little bit because you know about a year and a half ago, before we took mm-hmm. our uh, our our own little siesta, mm-hmm. she was getting a little antsy. She was you know 
Well, over. she's been on the world tour. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. She was absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was Pele two thousand and eighteen, man. Yeah, yeah, that was great. On uh, kicking off the set, one of one of the other great voices in rock and roll, and absolutely going too soon. Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, "Let Me Drown" from Super Unknown came out in ninety four. That album kicks fucking ass. That is just, that is just brutal. It that album wants to smack you around, you know. So, there really hasn't been much going on, so I kind of had to I had to dig for mm-hmm. interesting stories. I'll tell you one thing though. Um that's that you know, the the gift that keeps on giving, of course. You know. What did I write down here? As they come out of the clubhouse turn first time, it's Camelina on the rail, yum yum second, witch away on the outside third, beat Obama already five lengths off the pace, and bringing up the rear, Epstein swings. <laughs> you know, I've seen he is literally that is never going to go away, you know, from from being able to keep using. And and here's the reason why mm. nobody right now is happier about the whole Trump, Ukraine, Iran thing, then, sucking then, all the oxygen. Then, then Prince then Jeffrey Andrew. Episode. Oh, <laughs> Prince Andrew. Yeah. The Prince Andrew. You know, he had the the the. the uh, the the royal family had to actually come out with a statement. Mm-hmm. You know, we categorically deny and blah blah blah. The the other person second uh, on the list of who's you know who's you know whistling in the shower while making sure she doesn't bend over too far is uh, Felicity Huffman. Because yeah, had it been a people, slow news yeah. week, yeah, her going to jail yeah. for two weeks. And the thing is, is that that didn't stop uh, Fox TV. Uh, during their broadcast, from trying, they 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 smacked around a little bit. They okay. it was a the Emmys had no host. You know they they went uh, hostless as of, <laughs> you know, this year, and so they had you know just some voice. You know La Volcha, you know <laughs> coming over the microphone, and they they smacked her around a little bit. You know because they're mean spirited, they're Fox, right? So, so why not? I tried to watch the uh, the Emmys, and what I realized was that two thirds of the shows that they were talking about, mm-hmm. f- not only had I not watched them, I hadn't even heard of them. Like I barely, you know, I'd I'd seen reference to them maybe someplace, but I I haven't seen any of the shows that won. And they they were, and also this was the year that the Emmys were completely and utterly obsessed with Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't watch those shows anymore. The I've, Emmys I've and things a, like I've that. I've never seen a single minute of it. Well, no, I'm talking. I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones. I'm t- I'm talking about the Emmys. I don't watch oh, yeah. the Emmys yeah. and the Oscars and everything. It's like, hey, look at us. Yeah, the Oscars. The Oscars. I try I and watch, but I I generally yeah. I don't watch the I Grammys. Used to. I, I used watch to watch. It. I used to watch them all, and yeah. now I don't watch. I remember them when all. it was like the Golden Globes was the one that was the most fun to watch because they right. were all drunk. Game Game of Thrones isn't isn't for you, Dad. No, absolutely not. Hey, Although it's it's really well written. I mean, that's why it was a big hit. Whatever the genre, yeah. it, like whether it's look, if you're into whether that it's shit, like Sopranos, some people say I'm not into gangster shit about the Sopranos, or I'm not into drug shit about uh, you know Breaking Bad. Yeah. Go, the the thing about all of those shows that yeah. I just named, including Game of Thrones, is the writing. Yeah, the writing that is where you have good storyline, char- good character yeah. development. All yeah. right. Surprises upon surprises, where you can't predict what's going on. Where every episode is like, 
you know, that, that draws you in, where you make an emotional investment with the characters. Right. That's what they all have in common. The fact that one has a gun and one has a sword, but, you know, and dragons. <laughs> okay, you know. one has a gun and one has a dragon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Nah, that of, one, that's a bit of a stretch. part of the plot. <laughs> right. So, knit socks. On the, on the subject of TV, I'm, you know, looking through the, uh, you know, the, the info shit, you know, the, the mm-hmm. layout of, you know, what's on. And I spotted this. On one of the shopping channels. Okay, you ready for this? A company called, you're going to love this, I promise you, Harmony Hemp CBD Wellness. They had an entire one-hour segment on a shopping channel. I, I I'm just I'm astonished not. that you're watching the shopping channel. I was I just <laughs> okay. saw it there. I saw you know as I was right. scrolling through all the channels, it, it, but it, like it jumps right out at you. Tony Tivo's the shopping channel. So I <laughs> <laughs> I, you know the thing is is that I wasn't interested enough to actually because it was mm-hmm. like an hour away. You know it was in it, to do, you know uh, it was to you know, driving. It wasn't going to be on for another hour, and I didn't go back and watch it. Also on the subject of TV. Yeah, we TV, they just can't help themselves from the worst segues, from, you know, mm. in, in promos on the air. They've got this show, uh, it's been on for a while, I guess, called Marriage Boot Camp. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's, mm. it's just one of these. Okay. I'm just, I'm wincing. This, this year's one is uh, reality, it's a reality TV star edition. With two of the greatest train wrecks in popular history, Corey Feldman and Aaron Carter. There you okay. So there's a promo for that. The Corys. Then, my, my heart goes out to the Corys. Okay. <laughs> Feldman and... Uh, and, uh, and Haim. Haim, yeah. Those yes, the, the, the Corey bookends. The Corey twins. <laughs> so that, they, they do a promo for that, and it is back-to-back. And the next thing I hear is this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. prospereth. John 3, chapter 2, John chapter 3, verse 2. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Peter Qu- Popoff's miracle water. <laughs> I wish my name was Popoff. I would have gone places by now. Okay. Hey, Jiffy Popoff. <laughs> I'm just thinking that uh, if there's anybody that could use that miracle water, mm. it's fucking Corey Feldman and Aaron Carter. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm this, not as much an Aaron Carter fan as I am a, a Corey Feldman. Fan. <laughs> I, I would. I, I would know who Aaron Carter was. I, I would party with Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he's got a tailor too. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so talk about being able to whistleblow, huh? Yeah. So this one, I love this story. Okay, Ed Asner wants Rob Zombie to remake The Sound of Music. Yep, that's great. That. Okay, that's a compelling story. I I I swear to God, this one is the most hilarious thing. Ed Asner responded to a question posted on Twitter, which asked. A movie you'd like to see Rob Zombie remake, no matter how insane. Now, the answers range from The Warriors to Home Alone. But Asner took it to the next level by saying, I had to look up who Rob Zombie was. But now that I know, I will say The Sound of Music. 
Amen. Here's, yeah. here's the thing, because we were just talking about mashups, and I'm going to put a mashup folder in there. I have a mashup, you know, Prodigy with Enya. I don't know who, the en- if you know who yeah, Enya I know is, the Irish huh. folks. But uh, Rob Zombie's a musician, so if he remakes a Rob movie... Rob Zombie's it, actually it, a very talented... It, it ought to be. It ought to be a musical. It ought, he ought to remake a musical because he's a musician, and he and so the music, right? Well, Allah, you know, who's, you know who's doing that, but is uh, who just did it, or is in the process of doing it? Mm-hmm. Is Kip Winger? He's doing uh, uh, about uh, the the uh, Jack the Ripper. It's called uh, Jack. That's what's called, just mm-hmm. called Jack. It's about Jack the Ripper, and it's a musical that he has written for the stage. And this guy, you have to understand, you know, Kip Winger, obviously from the band Winger. I I have. Ed, Ed, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm no, go ahead. Uh, I, I just I had a brainstorm and I and I need to rain on it. Uh, I see I see your suggestion, Ed Asner, and I and I and I concur with that with that spirit. But I suggest that he, Rob Zombie, remake The Wizard of Oz. Oh, hello! Wouldn't that be the that whole oh, that whole the the guards? What would he do with that? Oh, you know the, oh the chanting guard thing or, and the flying monkeys. I got another one for and, you. Right. Do you know what I'd like to see remade? Mm. By somebody like Rob mm-hmm. Zombie, guys and dolls. Yeah, yeah. I've got like the that. horse right here. I've got the horse's head or, right here. Or, <laughs> or ca- cabaret. Remember cabaret with uh, Joel Grey, Liza Minnelli. Cabaret. Because that was there was good music in cabaret. I'd like Absolutely. to hear the Rob Zombie. Uh, hey, say what you will about Liza Minnelli. I loved her. Yeah, loved her. Talent out the yin her yang, her, yes, baby. Yes, indeed. So I saw this ad, which okay. kind of I. I tried to wrap my head around it. Fender Roadworn 50s Telecaster Limited Edition Electric Guitar Purple Metallic. Here's the description. Okay. Those who prize older instruments with the battered look of years on the road and the scars of countless gigs can still have that authentically aged vibe without spending decades on the road themselves. The irresistibly cool look of finish worn through to the wood, rusted hardware, a bruised neck, and yellowing plastic parts are yours right away with the road worn, with road-worn instruments. This is like a line okay. of, of instruments. The road-worn 50s Telecaster sounds, looks, and feels like it's been there and back, has more than a few miles on it, and then some. With authentic 1950s styling, aged to impart a lifetime of wear and tear that has somehow made it get even better. It's a must-have for the guitar player who appreciates broken-in look and vibe. Available now in this limited edition road-worn purple metallic finish. A year, $1,099. Oh, bargain. Now, I don't... Here's the thing. I'm willing to forgive all of that if it actually sounds like a an original telly, like a real mm-hmm. Telecaster with that twang, that Albert Lee, that that uh, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. the twang. Yeah, said. that twang, man. That Ricky Skaggs twang, all of that stuff. You know, what's his name plays it all the time. I played him a million times, but I mean that sound, that Telecaster sound, is. Unto itself. And that was one of the things that kind of bummed me out with Albert Lee because when he signed on to uh, be with uh, Ernie Ball Guitars, okay, you would hear him play 
the songs that he had always played, you know, uh, Country Boy, you know, one of his great hits, and uh, Luxury Liner. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, there's like a bunch of different versions of Luxury Liner that are, that are out there, and there's one that he does with Ricky Skaggs that it, from uh, the Great American Music Shop that is just phenomenal. But you can tell the difference between the earlier versions of it where he's playing a real Telecaster and then the ones after he switched over and basically had to play the Ernie Ball because that's who was sponsoring him. Mm-hmm. There is a difference in sound. You, I don't care what you do. Okay, Replicating that sound would be a feat of magnificence. If you could do that, okay, then I'm a fan because mm-hmm. that sound is unto itself. Yeah. So, uh, vaping is the new, you know, gun yeah. issue. Yeah, I'm not. Days. I'm not buying their spiel. I I think it's the e-cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, not the. Yeah. There was a. Oh, seventy-one percent say that they vaped the THC products too. Yeah, like, no, no, you know, no, no. All cigarettes all have killed people. Jewel hasn't. They Jewel. were marketing Jewel. for kids and shit. As and usual. The, the thing about this, the, the, by what the way, goes into I the, noticed one of them is, you know, they're, they're owned by uh, RJR or somebody. They're another cigarette A really important distinction between what's going into the e-cigarettes and what's going into the THC uh, oils is, uh, you know, besides the nicotine, which everybody uh-huh. understands anyway, but they also, the, the artificial flavor is, what, what the hell is that? Yeah. What, are they, what are they burning that... That's making it taste like a strawberry, first of all, (laughs) all right? Second of all, they add another ingredient that creates that wonderful genie smoke that they like. Yeah, man. I I remember the first time I saw somebody... With that like smoke machine and it's, yeah. oil that that's you put in the, in the disco like Halloween every day. And the, the roller rink smoke machine cranks that out, and yeah. that's what they're they're sucking that gunk into their lungs. And I, oh, yeah, I got I, I symptoms of pneumonia. Like, yeah, these guys, I thought this guy was like a stagehand for Elvira's yeah. new show or something. I, you know, I've never so, heard Alice right. Cooper. Right. But here's the thing: Walmart has said that they're going to stop selling them. But here's the thing. And this is kind of like what I was talking about that Harvard did with the Epstein mm. uh, cash that they got. Okay. Walmart said that they will stop selling e-cigarettes after they sell out of what they currently have. Oh, well, They're that's going to sell out the rest of their stock, and then they will no longer restock it. Okay. The four Walton kids, mm-hmm. okay, are, full, are all on the top ten Richest people in America list. Therefore, you know they're not Christians. <laughs> because Jesus yeah, said. like I needed, yeah. Okay. But these guys, do you mean to tell me that they couldn't take, if you're going to do the right thing, then do the right thing. You want to show, say, because what, it was just a couple of weeks ago, they responded to the whole shooting stuff in El Paso and in uh, Ohio by mm-hmm. saying they were no longer going to they weren't going to stock, you know, ammunition for AR-15s. They were going to no longer allow open car. I don't even think they're going to sell AR-15s anymore. You know, that, I mean, they, they, they took at least some step in the direction mm-hmm. of trying to make it harder for Ma and Pa Kettle's fucked-up-deranged kid to stroll into a Walmart, buy a gun, mm-hmm. or ammo for a gun. And now they're doing this. They're basically, you know, trying to keep up with popular... Anti-sentiment, right? For like, mm-hmm. okay, you guys are bazillionaires. How much could it possibly cost, okay, 
to basically say, we're not even going to send it back to the manufacturer and ask for a refund. We're just going to take it and get rid of it. We're just going to take it and destroy it. We have come to the conclusion, okay, the evidence is clear that the this particular product is harmful, okay, mm-hmm. and is also being marketed to kids. And despite the fact that we don't sell them to anybody under the age of 18, it sets a bad precedent anyway because other people are. It's a, yeah. Why don't you just do the right thing and say, that's it. We're taking off this. They, that's a, they would do that if somebody protested against some CD that was anti-Jesus. And, you know, you all of a sudden had moral majority types, you know, hemming and hawing. They'd pull that shit right off the shelves. Wasp, fuck like a beast. I remember mm-hmm. when that guy yanked. They yanked, they yanked the fucking Dixie chicks, for God's sakes. Yeah. But they can't yank their e-cigarettes. Yeah. Why don't, you know, why don't they do the right thing and just ship them off to China and so, because you know they like, don't, they're like they, they don't know already yeah, have yeah, enough yeah, they, they, they yeah. wouldn't even notice it. they smoke anything over there and they <laughs> and they don't have souls so uh, you know yeah, ship them right, yeah, right. right they're communists they have no souls ship them to China they love that stuff <laughs> they'll smoke anything Mao Zedong oh I'm sorry <laughs> Mao Zedong Mao Zedong yeah, it's just like with Harvard who said sure. that they were going to give back the money that Epstein had given them but only the portion that they had to already spent, spent. right what the for thirty nine billion dollar endowment? Come on, okay. The Waltons are worth like hundreds of billions of dollars. Seriously, they're between the four, they're worth hundreds of billions mm. of dollars, hundreds mm. of billions of dollars, and they are responsible for tons and tons of people getting paid just enough mm-hmm. so that they they don't die. Yeah, just <laughs> enough so that they don't need a second job. Just as long as they get government mm-hmm. handouts, right? Food stamps mm-hmm. and Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That's how much they paid them. They're going to pay them just enough to do that. I, I am that's a little... Right. It's a good business model, Dad. Unbelievable. You know, it's one thing to try and present yourself as doing the right, the right thing. Okay, It's quite another to actually do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about being right. It's about doing right. That's the expression, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the whole brouhaha. This is right after the market tanked 800 points on Wednesday, August the 7th, which was the reason I know that is because it was the day after my birthday. birthday right. Tuesday. Okay, so that's how I remember it. And... uh the next day was when uh, the Department of Justice filed a, an emergency motion in the court uh, of Gibraltar to try and get them to not release an Iranian oil tanker that had been seized by the British and was being held there and had been set to be released back to the Iranian government. Okay, They had uh, come up with a deal. They had made mm-hmm. a deal because Iran, right after that, Iran seized one of the British tankers for some, I, I believe it was contrived, you know, some contrived grievance. I mean, that was the whole thing. Iran did it as a bargaining chip. Britain did it because they said that the oil was heading towards uh, Syria in violation of sanctions, sanctions. et cetera, et cetera. So I, I went off on that. And um, then last week... I was talking about the advertising 
uh, the PR campaigns of John Johnson and Johnson. They're still mm-hmm. at it, man. Okay, they were one of the sponsors for the uh, Global Earth Day. You know, presented to you with limited commercial mm-hmm. interruptions. Okay, because of the generous contributions from Johnson and Johnson, a family company. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of different kinds of family. Like the Ochoas. Uh, you know, there's like the Adams family. Like the Corleones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, man. They're, they're, you know, they're, a, uh, they're a family company. They're also a major league narcotics distribution. You're just salesman. jealous. I know, man. So I was talking about uh, the PR campaigns for, for Johnson & Johnson, and the next one was for... Uh, um, uh, 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 Honeywell, okay. Honeywell. You know, we make you know we make the future, or something yeah. like that. And then I was also talking about the uh, various industries, the mm-hmm. oil and gas industry, mm-hmm. uh, the pharmaceutical industry. They're doing all these PR campaigns, and I said, "Welcome to uh, the the unholy merging of uh, Sun Tzu." And Marshall McLuhan. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, the art of war and the medium is the message. And I said something like, uh, the medium is uh, social media. You know, that's the battleground. And the message is the artful nature in which war can be waged anonymously without uh, regard to uh, decorum or opportunity cost. And that's the important part. There, there's no concern whatsoever for the opportunity cost of basically spewing untruths out as if they were authentic. So that was uh, back on the 16th. Uh, That was our last show. Now, six days later, um, Fareed Zakaria did it. Well, actually, two days later, he wrote his weekly op-ed in the Washington Post. And then... Six days later on his show, which is on Sunday, he opens every show by basically reading the op-ed that he had written in the Washington Mm -hmm. Post on Wednesday. And when I uh, finally got around to checking out the show, I was a little, uh, I was was flattered, let's just Mm -hmm. say. I was flattered to know that he's a fan of mine. (laughs) And this is why. The enemy gets a vote. American military leaders are fond of using that line. General James Mattis used it so often, it's sometimes attributed to him. In fact, it's a nugget of wisdom dating back to Sun Tzu, the Chinese military strategist who counseled that one must know the enemy. And it describes the central mistake of Donald Trump's Iran policy. In a confidential memo that was later leaked, Britain's then ambassador to Washington wrote something that most observers knew anyway. Trump pulled out of the Iran deal largely because it had been signed by Barack Obama and with no thought toward a day-after strategy. But while the decision might have been made for domestic political reasons, it has unleashed serious geopolitical consequences. The Trump administration's strategy, such as it is, appears to be to double down on pressure on Iran, force other nations to abide by America's unilateral sanctions, and bet that this would cause Iran to capitulate. Iran's initial reaction was actually restrained. It simply sought to bypass the U.S. It continued to adhere to the deal and made efforts to trade with other countries. This failed. 
Iran's next effort has been to demonstrate that there is a cost to this kind of maximum pressure. It has harassed ships in the Persian Gulf, reminding everyone that 20% of the world's oil supply goes through that narrow body of water. And now, Tehran seems to be behind a precision attack on Saudi Arabia's main oil processing plants, a strike effective enough that it initially shut down half of Saudi oil production. The message is clear. Hostilities with Iran would spill over throughout the Middle East and disrupt global oil supplies. The enemy voted, and its behavior was the opposite of what the Trump administration expected. There is also the reality of domestic politics within the Islamic Republic. The Iran deal was unpopular with hardliners in the U.S., but it was also unpopular with hardliners in Tehran. They predicted that Washington would renege on its promises. Once Trump pulled out of the deal, they claimed vindication. In The Art of War, Sun Tzu writes that victory is only possible with a leader who knows when to pick his battles and is prepared. Defeat is all but guaranteed with a leader who is reckless, mercurial, and prideful. Timely analysis from the 6th century BC. Yeah. Hey, Fareed, I'm here for you, baby. I'm here for you. I mean, yeah, I'm Great here minds you. think alike. They you know, absolutely. Hey, I'll tell you something. Fareed Zakari is that mm-hmm. his, his show on uh, Sundays on CNN is actually one of the. More, uh, it's, CNN, that's the Clinton, isn't it? It's the mainstream media. It's one of those shows that actually is, you know, yeah, has, no, has issues and, and news and stuff that, from time you know, really isn't covered. So, I was um, poking around, and mm. I, I found a great quote from Iran's foreign minister, uh, who, in an interview, he said that he described Trump's uh, recent words and actions as, quote, acts of childish animosity. Spot, okay. Spot on. So um, the headline that caught my eye was, and when this came, was, uh, seized Iranian tanker leaves Gibraltar despite U.S. pressure. Um, Gibraltar ordered the release of the Grace One, Mm-hmm. On Thursday, this is a couple of weeks ago, despite a last-minute request from the United States that it be allowed to seize the ship. The following day, the Justice Department unsealed a warrant issued by a federal court in Washington to seize the tanker, the oil it contains, and nearly $1 million based on statutory violations. Quote, a network of front companies allegedly laundered millions of dollars in support of such Shipments, said blah, 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 United States attorney in a news release. The Justice Department said that multiple parties affiliated with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corp in Iran, which the United States has designated a foreign terrorist organization, were believed involved. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Okay, on Friday, Gibraltar's chief minister, uh, Fabian Picardo, said that because of the American intervention, the case would go back to court. But on Sunday, the Gibraltar government rejected the American request. It says the warrant had relied on broad United States sanctions against Iran that were not applicable in the European Union. Iran's naval commander said Sunday that, the, that his country was ready, ready to dispatch its naval fleet. <laughs> naval, this is Iran's naval fleet. Mm-hmm. to escort the oil tanker. The era of hit-and-run is over, Rear Admiral 
Hossein Kanzadi was quoted as saying in the Iran's news agency, it topped, if top authorities ask the Navy, we are ready to escort our tanker, Adrian. The United States, which sought to take possession of the ship from Gibraltar, has not said whether it will attempt to seize the vessel now that it has left British territory. Now, of course, that would be... That they're, they're not going to do that. They didn't do it. They can't do it because now you're talking about global maritime law and naval law. And that's, you know, you're, you're starting, you'd be dragging in the rest of the world. They wouldn't stand for it because all you'd be shutting down, mm-hmm. you know, overseas. I, I mean, that would be it. <laughs> you know, everybody and their mother, forget about piracy off the uh, east coast of Africa. <laughs> that, would, that would be like a walk in a park compared to what would happen if you tried that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. So, last week at the uh, UN, during all of this, uh, you know, Ukraine, Iran, hubbub, I don't know if you watched his speech, by the way. It was an ode to xenophobia that I can only describe as penned by someone who absolutely despises not just grammar Nazis, but basically grammar. This guy, I, I don't understand how it's possible that they just can't find a decent enough speechwriter. Uh, it was to, probably written by Stephen Miller. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine it was. I'm going to be getting around to him later. Okay, I've got a thing about that. I, I, <laughs> I have got, I have got, okay, I have got the analysis that nobody has said right. yet. And once I say it, All you're right. going to start hearing it everywhere. Okay. But, that's the thing. I don't understand. Let let Stephen Miller write it and then bring in an editor. Okay, the, you have to. You find know, Grammarly. Have you heard about that website? <laughs> right, Grammarly is that? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. They'll clean uh, up your writing for you. It's look. You already know that President Trump likes to go off script, but at the UN, when he gives mm-hmm. those speeches, he tends to stick to the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was that one incident where he said, you know, where. You know, we're the greatest we've ever been, and people kind of chuckled a little bit. And he, he was like, well, I wasn't expecting that reaction. But he tends to stick to the speech. Okay, that being the case, okay, you would think that they would find themselves somebody to edit the speech to compensate for the lack of oratory skills mm-hmm. that the president possesses, such as they are. He's a terrible, terrible you know, orator in that yeah. regard. You know? He just, he can't, he just he doesn't just, have, he, can't. he doesn't have gravitas. He, no. he only has, he it, has the, it, the, the, the he tan- it's like Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Yeah. He just tangents into tangent into tangent and oh, yeah, look at that squirrel. The, and There's the pitch just, and, and timber yeah, and, and. Right, and look at that a, hat. A, that, that's a, a real thing. He yeah. has that bully mm-hmm. Kind I'm a good of, guy, right? Yeah. Well, look at that. That's a bad thing. Yeah. It's all, it's basically when he gives these speeches, it's he's saying it in a way that is pitiful. Mm. But the word the words he's saying are meant to convey strength, mm. and yet the manner in which he's saying right. them conveys absolute stupidity right. and right. weakness. Right. Right. You know, it's like he he's completely disconnected from what he's saying. He he doesn't 
understand how to say the words so that they have the proper gravitas when said. I, I don't understand it. But in the middle of all this bullshit at the UN, okay, mm-hmm. which, by the way, every year is a taxi driver, New York taxi driver's nightmare, and now is my mother's nightmare because Donald Trump being a president, when he comes to New York, he stays at Trump Tower, which is two blocks away from where my mom lives. So, of course, when he shows up in town, it is SWAT team a palooza. Mm-hmm. It's, they're everywhere on every corner. My mom basically lives in the safest neighborhood in the world. And at the same time, potentially yeah. the most dangerous neighborhood in the entire world. It's on my list of reasons why I want to live in a small town. <laughs> chance of motorcade is very slim <laughs> yeah on the other hand you guys are generally tornado bait so what can oh I you don't know where i want to pick that small town no <laughs> <laughs> what, kansas <laughs> you know maybe just further up the state so on dry land <laughs> during uh this multitude of meetings last week one of the meetings he had was with japan and i guess uh american he he you know finally Put together a trade, yeah, a trade deal, yeah. Okay. American farmers welcomed the Japanese trade agreement. Doug Goings, an Ohio wheat farmer and the chairman of the U.S. Wheat Associates, said the deal would lower Japanese tariffs on wheat to the same level paid by producers in Canada and Australia, two countries that signed the Trans-Pacific Partnership with Japan. Quote, this agreement puts U.S. wheat back on equal footing. The new... Japan deal is far more limited than the Trans-Pacific Partnership and other traditional trade packs, which cover a wide range of industries and rules that govern trade. But it will still bolster the Trump administration's argument that it, ha- that it has a positive trade agenda for breaking down trade barriers and expanding markets for American exporters, not just picking fights and levying tariffs, as, as some critics have suggested. Now, here's the thing. This is a perfect example of President Trump basically doing a 180 via, it's, it's like a Houdini mm-hmm. type thing. Um, because as Fareed Zakaria pointed out that the British uh, ambassador had said about the Iran thing, that, that Trump basically got out of it, not because he thought it was bad, but because it Obama was Obama signed it, right. sign it right. you know. And he's a racist. Yeah. Okay. And this is basically why he's gotten out of tons of agreements. Okay. The, uh, what's the one with Canada, Mex- uh, America, mm-hmm. Mexico that he got out of? Oh, it's not NAFTA. Or is yeah, it? NAFTA. Oh, it is NAFTA. Yeah, oh, he put okay. on NAFTA. Ding, ding. And he also said that he didn't, he was not, no longer going to participate in, uh, in the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Here's the thing. Okay. At this point now, okay, Trump has given $28 billion in subsidies to American farmers, okay? And, and when I say American farmers, it's important to understand. What I really mean is big agri. Um, right. American, large agriculture. Right, uh, right. Factory farm corporations. Yeah, okay. okay. That is more than twice as much as President Obama mm-hmm. had to loan the, the, uh, the, uh, the auto, the auto industry. industry. Right. And just to be clear here, the difference is, Right, one Trump was gave right. the money to farmers because he screwed up. Right, he screwed them. Obama, on the other hand, loaned the money right. to the auto industry because, because his of predecessor Bush. Right, because screwed Bush up. screwed and up. just right. to be clear, they paid that money back with mm-hmm. interest. Right. They paid it back. Right. They paid that back. Mm-hmm. 
Okay? We're not going to see another penny. We're not going to see a penny. No, no, that's corporate welfare for your buddies. Absolutely corporate welfare. There's no expectation that the former bailout will ever be repaid. So basically, President Trump's minions are happy with throwing good money after bad policy because, you know, they hate niggers. Yeah, that's it. I can't think of any other reason. There was no logic. He has basically reneged or or backed out of, you know, every deal that was, you know, in the hopper mm-hmm. or had been recently signed that had to do with trade, that had to do with the environment, that had, you know, all of those things. Okay? He backed out of the Paris Agreement, Iran, NAFTA, TPP, all of these things. Okay? And the TPP, just to be clear, okay, there is some cause for wanting to, uh, you know, dig deeper into the uh, details before we, you know, go ahead first. But to basically say we're not going to participate at all mm-hmm. in a, gl- basically, mm-hmm. in the largest global trade treaty trade yeah. treaty ever signed. Yeah. I mean, this is, and think we're talking about China, Japan, right. South America, Korea, right. and Vietnam, a, a farmer was, exp- was explaining Canada, it. Mexico. It took us a while to establish the, the, the method of distribution, all of the routes, all of the logistics, and it's just like gone. Yeah. All he, of that, he all stripped that, right. all that away. Yeah. And now, and, and so as that, I said on the last show, I said the, the thing is, is that what's happening now is that people like Donald Trump and his minions are perfectly happy to scream and yell and rant and rave bullshit, okay, with absolutely no uh, thought to the opportunity cost mm-hmm. that might be involved, to the consequences of what they're saying and what they're doing, and which is exactly what Fareed Dakaria said regarding backing out of the Iran mm-hmm. nuclear deal, the, you know, the, which was working and was fine, okay? And the thing is, Iran tried to basically do business with the rest of the world, okay? And what ended up basically putting a kibosh on that was that oil is, the global oil market is basically shackled to the U.S. dollar. They tried to create other, you know, what is it, Mm. uh, you know, you were talking about this. uh, The cryptocurrency? Yeah, some Uh, some other sort. Bitcoin and all that. Yeah, some other manner. Uh-huh. Of being able to tran- do oil transactions, mm-hmm. okay, that didn't involve the dollar, and it, it could work. So not only is Iran pissed, okay, Europe is pissed because what they realize is that oil is now intrinsically tied to the whims right. of a madman of a man child concerns yeah. are solely dictated by his ego, yeah, by what's and his good big- for and his him. bigotry. Yeah, and bigotry. So I, I think that is something we need to keep an eye on this kind of thing because he backed out of all these things because him and his constituency don't think that anything that possibly could have been done, written, put together or formulated by a nigger in a White House should be continued after he's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay? How dare a communist... Muslim, Kenyan, 
Yes. You know, across person of color. Person of color. Mm-hmm. Okay. How dare right he do things? It was that roast, you know. <laughs> That stand-up comedy Ruth thing, boy. Remember you, that? Yeah. Never got over that. If you can't let really, comedy in the door. Oh no, man, no. Then you're not, then literally that, you've lost it's, your it's then you're soulless. He, it's that he did it well. It's that he got all these laughs. You know, it's that's that like, he did, he's still in school. It's he's still that in grade he did school. What Trump can't. He's the schoolyard bully and the kid that's smarter than him yeah. scored a witty line off of something stupid that he said, <gasps> and he's gonna go beat him up over it. All right, um, Really quick, I just want to point this out because I was going to do a whole thing on this, but I kind of backed away from that for various reasons. But coming up, uh, I guess, next week uh, is the 50th anniversary of the Days of Rage in Chicago that took place. It was uh, 1969, October 8th through the 11th. And it was basically, you know, supposed to be a whole, uh, you know, the, the... Weathermen and and SDS students for Democratic, you know, and the, the Columbia Student Organization, they were going to do a big thing in Chicago. Um, it was going to be Days of Rage. You know, Bring the war home was one of their slogans. Um, if you're doing nothing, you're complicit. All that. So, and what they really expected was a massive turnout. They expected, mm-hmm. you know, all these people to show up, and they didn't. It ended up being like. A couple of hundred people, and it and it went bad quickly. Um, they ended up, you know, running through the streets of Chicago, and they 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 basically were the uh, were the the you know precursor to what the uh, trust the the anonymous masked mm. trustafarians mm. do in various cities whenever the WTO has their meeting there. Right, they run roughshod through the city and basically try the, uh, and, the black flag. Uh, yeah, they TV. try and. Smash the windows of every mm-hmm. thing that they think represents you're, corporate you're greed. You're not helping. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely not helping. You're just costing people more money. And right. You're venting. I mean, this is. Yeah. You know, it's just it's 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 mob mentality for you know mm-hmm. the, the the underlying you know uh, reason for it might have been originally born from some sort of virtue, but. It has metastasized into lunacy. And uh, on the third day, on October the 11th, um, there was a whole bunch of, uh, you know, people on the streets. There was a lot of activity going on. And a city attorney named Richard Elrod was paralyzed after he attempted to tackle weatherman member Brian Flanagan. Elrod accused Brian Flanagan of attacking him, while Flanagan maintained that Elrod simply hit a concrete wall. Hmm. And there's pictures of it, and there were plenty of witnesses. Flanagan was charged with attempted murder and other crimes, but was acquitted on all counts. He was acquitted on all counts. It's 50 years ago, you know, 2018 was 50 years since the uh, the uh, Democratic convention in Chicago, where Daly basically sent his uh, his goons, yeah, his goons, you know, the, the police, Reed, you know, goon squad after protesters, and now we're coming up on sixty nine, and you know, all of this took place, you know, literally weeks after Woodstock. You had Woodstock in mm-hmm. August of sixty nine, and then you had Days of Rage. 
mm-hmm. early October of 69. And, you know, where we're at now, the rage that exists on both sides now, the, the, the rage that exists everywhere is almost... It, it has a disturbing likeness to the same kind of rage that was going on in 69. You had the um, the SDS and the Weathermen and groups like that pro and Black Panthers protesting against the war in Vietnam and also racism, you know, mm-hmm. the, the fact that Nixon had taken Johnson's war on poverty and basically mutated it into the war on drugs, mm-hmm. which turned out to be mm-hmm. the war, war on for poverty. Food, right. Yeah. Or his war on poverty, which is we're going to basically take uh, yeah. people from poor neighborhoods and incarcerate and, them. Yeah, see, in order Problem to uh, create profits for you know my friends and uh, mm-hmm. political contributors. But the you know, and then on the other side, you had uh, it was the hard hats, you know, the construction workers, mm-hmm. you know, that were all pro Nixon, you know, the 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 hardcore conservatives, you know, the biggest. We should. We should. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Those guys, they were bigots, but that was that was more of a uh, uh, an underlying element. Mm-hmm. Their real animosity was towards liberals, was towards the communists, was towards the yeah. anti-war people, right. was towards the anti-Nixon people. Who Nixon was law and order, and, mm-hmm. and the left and the SDS and the Black Panthers and the Weather Underground. Okay. They represented, no, you know, no law the and black order. people. They represented <laughs> a a fight against law and order. And I thought there was an interesting quote from one of the guys in the Black Panther who said that he he didn't think he didn't approve of the methodology of the weathermen um, or the weather underground and people like that. The the groups that were um, pro violence. Mm-hmm. Okay, not they weren't, and the thing is, they were pro-violence, but they were against injuring people. They wanted mm-hmm. they committed acts of violence. The whole idea was to blow up shit when nobody was in the building. That was the entire idea, and that's right. Yeah. Okay, property and, damage, yeah, not you people. know, and it was targeted stuff. And this guy said, you know, it is they're it's it's ritualistic, and he said it's customistic. He said they're sending people into a place to get killed with no hope of them ever mm. coming out. They know they're going to... Well, he called it mm. customistic. Mm. I think it's interesting. And I'm curious to mm, see custard. how 50 years on, if we if we're, if we at least have the, the willingness to look back and see if we can learn something from back then. I don't think so. No. Nope. Yeah. I really don't. I think that we are condemned. Mm. Well, is it the Eugene O'Neill? There's, there's no... Um, there's no present or future. There's only the past happening over and over again. Now. I see. Good. <laughs> yeah, you like that one? You I, I do like that one. one. Sounds go. groovy. And, with, yeah. and on that note, we're going to keep the groove going with the slaves on the Groovathon at SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
the swing, swing, swing on my DLC. Cause when you deal with a no good nigga like me, all I want is the beat. Cause I'm a no good nigga. No good nigga, baby. Cause I'm a no good nigga.
system has been turned into this giant Rubik's Cube, which anyone can twist into whatever pattern they want, so long as it fits. You see, it's not good enough for us to sit around and say, what you're doing is not what the system is all about. It's not what was intended. However, it's okay with us because it fits. Oh, no. That just is not good enough anymore.
Nation of the Chosen One. Bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. Shadows fall, wild men weep. Bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. Soldiers shoot, prophets creep. Bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. Bring it home. If you're able, bring it home. You still can. If you want to get it in your soul, you got to bring it on home. The president of the prison yard, bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. Residents in the calling card, bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. A shaving head and a shaking hand, bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. Land. Bring it home, bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. If you're able, bring it home. You still can. If you wanna get it in your soul, you got to bring it on home. sounds of Ron Sunshine. Bring it home. The title track from his latest release. Ron, a very good friend of mine, plays at uh, if you're in New York, he's uh, he plays a lot at a place called Swing 46 on 46th Street, obviously. A lot of fun. He is great, man. That The entire CD is fabulous. I played, I don't know, at least three, four tracks off that. Before that, how's that for a segue, huh? <laughs> okay. Nice. Sons of Apollo 
song is called Signs of the Times from uh, Psychotic Symphonies, which their first album came out in 2017. This is basically like uh, it's uh, Mike Portnoy on drums, um, uh, Billy Sheehan on bass. It's it's like a, a harder version of uh, the guys from Dream Theater, you know, one of these technical art mm-hmm. rock progressive bands. And that's the thing. I mean, these guys, it's it's that entire genre of music is now incestuous. Uh, you know, art rock, mm-hmm. progressive rock. I mean, Portnoy is in, I don't know how many different bands at this point. You know, he's in a ton of them. Here's the tie-in, okay? Ron Sunshine and uh, and I, you know, we're from the same neighborhood. Um, Sons of Apollo. We both have a uh, very good friend who is no longer with us uh, named Apollo. And myself... Ron, Apollo, and the earlier mentioned Brian Flanagan were all together on several occasions. The one that I'm thinking of is the opening of Dive Bar down in 96, where Ron's band, uh, at the time it was Smoking Section, they played. Before that, clip from the Star Chamber, that is Hal Holbrook, basically uh, getting Mike Douglas's hands dirty. <laughs> he explains... Mm. That what they they decided to do was, uh, you know what? I'll explain it because I got another clip. All right. So, but uh, he, you know, the opening clip on the show and then that and there's one more. But he's he's right about it. He's like, you know, we're the judges. We are the law. We let it all happen. People mutate things. And that's going to come into play in uh, in a couple of minutes when we start talking about, I don't know, whatever the hell is going on these days. Before that, you can't go wrong. Two consecutive shows I have played this gentleman. I don't think I've done that for any other artist before. Rufus Thomas, one of the funkiest guys ever put on the planet. That is The Breakdown, part two, from his album Did You Heard Me? (laughs) It came out in 71. The unbelievable mix into that was Schoolie D, No Good Nigga from Welcome to America, came out in 1994, and kicking off the set, The Slaves, Slaves, Slaves Time, which was their first 45, came out in 1966. That is uh, also, I think that's on uh, Nuggets, the second volume of Nuggets. It's not on the first one. I think it's on the second one. Those cats out of Vienna, Austria. So, you know. Very nice. Yeah, we got it going on. All right. Yeah, what? Take a deep. I, I need. I need to. Yeah, I need. I need to flex a little bit. First of all, if you are looking, uh, if you're looking for brain-numbing amusement that truly lends credence to those who describe TV as an idiot box, Fox News is the channel for you. They have outdone themselves with their most recent Cirque du Soleil narrative. <laughs> okay, I came up where I wrote. Between the Wall Street Journal and Fox News, Rupert Murdoch is like a guy who manages several bands, organizes a festival, and insists on having a lineup that consists only of bands that he represents. So the lineup is, uh, what do we have, Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. Paul Jago, the five minus one, outnumbered plus one. I have a whole thing here. Plus, I said, and as an extra added bonus, Theater of the Absurd Legends, Stuart Varney, Maria Bartiromo, and Charles Payne premiere a new staged series, Ionesco for Ingrates, with their one-act menage a trois. Rhino, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. 
I also said that, please note, due to prior factual contractual obligations, Shepard Smith will not be appearing on this lineup. He's the only guy there actually, you know, speaking to his power. Chris Wallace did it a little bit, mm. you know. So, you know, we now have the official brouhaha that we knew was coming. But this was yeah. inevitable. This is this has been sitting on a back burner for a while. And now here it is. On a, and, and, you know, before it even really started to, to percolate, I, I wrote down that Pelosi is looking for cover via the uh, polls. And Schumer is a legislative eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A uh, this is interesting. A uh, one of these people on a panel on MSNBC said that the Democrats, um, particularly Biden, shouldn't play shouldn't play by Trump's rules and try to counterattack. He said that uh, Biden has a longstanding track record of not courting divisiveness, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's mm-hmm. he is who he is. Okay. Um, I was thinking to myself, mark my words, that whoever wins the Democratic nomination, okay, they are going to pick a vice president, okay, a running mate, that is comfortable being a pit bull on the stump. That's the key. They're going to pick somebody to do all the nasty shit. They're going to get themselves a Luca Brasi, basically, you know, Mm. so that the front guy never has to take any of the heat. And you know, he can, and this is basically welcome to the age of Roy Cohen. I, I thought it was interesting. He said, uh, "Trump said I didn't pressure Ukraine to investigate Biden, but it would have been okay if I did." And then regarding the, the uh, transcript, he said, "Perhaps you'll see it. Perhaps you won't. It depends on what we want to do." Okay. Yeah. You know, that's not really how it's supposed to work. And of course, I immediately thought to myself, "I wonder if the transcript of the Ukraine." Will uh, will mysteriously get edited like the uh, missing time for the Nixon tapes. I mean, I don't know what what eighteen and a half minutes of transcribed material amounts to, but mm-hmm. you know that's the first thing that crossed my mind. Also, I uh, I'm glad I didn't uh, join in on the uh, drinking game, the new drinking game. Whenever mm-hmm. a uh, a uh, somebody on one of the uh, cable news channels says the term tipping point, you have to do a shot. And whenever they say <laughs> turning point, oh. you have to do a beer. Okay. By now, I'd be fucking rolling around a you know, pool of my own vomit. I thought the interesting line was, we have now crossed the Rubicon uh-huh. on impeachment. Crossed the Rubicon. Yeah, they like to say that. I like to say Rubicon. I like to hear the word Rubicon. It's a pretty I, word. I have written over the years a series of things about various issues, and... They, this really does seem to kind of draw a lot of them together. Um, back in July of 2016, I said, it's official. Our nation has become so divided that at this point, there's now an increasing division over who's to blame for the increasing divisiveness. Somehow we can't seem to move beyond blame, perhaps because assessing it is so much easier than agreeing on a solution that would require compromise. And based on the hyperbolic vitriol being flung at us every day, I'm pretty sure the burgeoning consensus is that compromising is for pussies. Okay. That's that's where we're at these days. Um, I said that uh, changing one's mind is no longer seen as 
a sign of newly acquired knowledge. It's portrayed as the weakness of a flip-flopper. And empathy isn't just frowned upon. It's often chastised by the rapidly spawning groups of contagion that have sprung up online. Um, I said, somewhat right at literally a couple of days before uh, Trump was inaugurated, back in January 2017, I said, so much for the dawning of the age of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the age of the greedy ass. Mm-hmm. So I suspect there'll be no need for all the wasted clutter of harmony, understanding, sympathy, and trust abound. In other words, we're about to find out what happens when the art of the deal metastasizes from domestic perception to global reality. Cut back to uh, the whole Iran thing. Mm-hmm. And a little later on in March of that year, I, I said, what mystifies me the most is that beyond the blatant hypocrisy of poo-pooing the infestation of foreign influence at the highest levels of this administration, past the acceptance of alternative facts, and far, far away from a time when they gave a shit about family values, Trump's minions suddenly seem comfortable defending industries rife with the crony capitalism that only six months ago they rapidly desired someone to stand up to. They're now fine with that shit. A year ago, I said that, uh, I predicted that right about now, the number one bestseller on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list would be called From Cone to Cone, C-O-H-N to C-O-H-E-N, the conjuring and downfall of a demagogue, (laughs) which is, this is now, we have moved into the era, okay, of Roy Cohn. His, his ghost is, is haunting us. I mean, this is, the, the Cohn effect, <laughs> yeah. in the age of Trump, apologizing has become seen as an act of weakness. Taking responsibility for something has been replaced by vigorously denying it ever happened until it's proven to have happened. At which point the modern day strategy is to counterattack it with what about isms. And then when that doesn't work, basically what you do is you just tell people to go fuck themselves. Fuck you. I'm me. Fuck you. That will, you know, it starts off with that was then, this is now, and then gradually melds itself into I'm me. Fuck you. That's how it works. And I was noticing that uh, a couple of weeks ago a documentary was released about Roy Cohn and the title of it comes from a statement that was supposedly said by President Trump after um, Attorney General Sessions recused himself from the uh, collusion investigation and Trump supposedly said where's my Roy Cohn Right. He right. said, you know, mm-hmm. Nixon had so-and-so, Bush had so-and-so. Where's my Roy Cohn? And that's the title of the movie. That's the title of this documentary. I'm going to tell you something. Yesterday, I, was, I watched the uh, Stephen Miller interview mm-hmm. on uh, Fox uh, Sunday. You ever notice how effeminate a lot of these Republican guys are? Stephen Miller, Mike Pence. Apparently, he's got a girlfriend. I I, I know. I I know. It's Mike Pence's uh, press prostitute. Yes. 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 That's exactly how she. You know, they're they're yelping about how. You know, you're not fooling anyone. You know, (laughs) Stephen. Right. 
Well, here's the thing. If you watch that interview, basically, where the answer to Donald Trump's question, where's my Roy Cohn? I'm going to tell you where he is. He is now basically everybody in the GOP. Everybody. It's as if the day after he got inaugurated, he played some sort of training film that he had been given by Roy Cohn back in 75 when, you know, and in 78 when he got busted for not adhering to, uh, you know, the the uh, the ruling that had been handed to him because he had been biased against black people in his apartments and he basically mm. continued to do it. And so what Roy Cohn did when it was revealed that he, you know, that Donald Trump was still doing what he had been told not to do. Well, Roy Cohn did. He brought a $100 million countersuit against the, you know, the, the Department of Justice and the ADA's office in New York. That's what he does. It's all about fighting back. And the entire Republican Party, you listen to uh, Lindsey Graham. It is unbelievable. These people are now all. It's hair tight. It's hair tight. It is all Roy Cohn at this point. I, I. I am absolutely convinced that he is the boilerplate strategy for the Trump administration and modern-day Republican who can't stand the thought of basically saying, yeah, we fucked this one up in public because they're too afraid that the bigots who support them will find an even more bigoted bigot to support. That's the, 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 the worry I, from all these guys is about getting primaried. They're all, con- they're all concerned about keeping their jobs. They're not concerned about doing their jobs, which is exactly the problem that Pelosi and, you know, has had for years. It's, you know, everybody keeps calling her a strong leader. Or, you know, she's a really good speaker. Yeah, yeah. Well, why? Because she knows how to do head counts and knows how mm-hmm. to raise money. And yeah. Is that yeah. literally yes. what makes a strong speaker yeah. these days? Yes. Because whenever she, I see her in interviews... She sounds weak. She sounds like shit. Okay? And I'm not, you know, I'm not on a Pelosi train, man. I mean, you know, far out. You finally came around to doing what you should have done. You should have had the balls to do it ages ago. Mm-hmm. Her and Schumer, I describe them as wuss weasels. There's a bunch of wuss weasels. The reason you do this, okay, is to force the Senate to have to vote on it. So right. that every senator Listen. is going to have to, in public... Do it, and then he's going to have to go home they, and explain. The they impeach about. with Clinton and the blowjob. It doesn't matter who, how many people are involved, whether or not it will succeed. We're going to paralyze the government when Obama is the president. We're going to paralyze the government just so that we, you know, when they're in office, when the other guy's in office, we're going to do everything in our power to resist and obstruct and and overturn and and like that's what they do. Apocryphal you know? hypocrisy. Yeah. 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 So, oh, we can't, we can't impeach him because what, what, he's doing illegal shit. Yeah. You impeach him. Not only that, but here's the interesting thing. It's not just that he's doing shit that is illegal. You, you read that thing that I wrote about the, uh, you know, the, the, the laws that dictate uh, a felony for somebody who willing, who has knowledge of a felony. I'm, I'm trying to. You're going to have to look it up. Yeah, now I'm going to have to find it. I have it in here somewhere. But basically what is interesting about this is the brazenness with which he basically admits it. He's admitting it. Mm. He fucking admits it. Okay? I I don't... This is... 
really, really, this is very, very bizarre era that we're in, where you can go from, I guess, you know, it's the the five stages of 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 uh, of grief having been mutated to suit modern day Republican strategy. It's it's literally it is unbelievable. I I uh, what is it? Uh, uh, no, I didn't write it down. You know, I had all this. I should have had it together. But the it's the fact that. It's there in black and white, and you're when I was on the sixty minutes interview with uh, the uh, minority leader in the house, um, the guy from sixty minutes reads the sentence, and it you know the uh, the president of Ukraine says we're ready to buy these javelins for defensive per these javelin missiles for defensive purposes. And the next thing that gets said is Donald Trump saying. I'd like you to do us a favor, though. Yeah. Though. Yeah, and that was, you saw 60 Minutes. Oh, you added a word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no. And the word though is pretty fucking important in this case. Okay, because it basically, it's like yeah. the word but. But means yeah. ignore everything I just said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what's going on now. We have now reached a point where they, supporters don't care. It's not that they honestly believe that he didn't do anything wrong. It's that they no longer care because he's their guy. They're embarrassed. It's embarrassment and and false pride are literally fraying away the fabric of our democracy because there are 30, 40 million people in this country who just don't care what he does. You know, they don't care. And their big counter argument these days is, you know, and this is the thing. This is the cone methodology. Counterpunch. Attack, attack, attack. Forget what he said over there. What about mm. this? And it's the great what aboutism. And their thing now is that they're saying how, you know, this is what uh, Stephen Miller was talking about. How can you have the gall to talk about that and not, you know, talk about the... Uh, uh, Biden and yeah. uh, those guys the, 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 sending, that was debunked. Uh, it was because it was debunked. No, not even about his son, but talking. You know that uh, not investigating that the Ukraine um, was meddling in our election uh, in support of Hillary Clinton. That's that's their thing. How come you're not looking at that? They're claiming that. Okay, I got two things to say there. First of all, obviously they do a very good job. Okay, if if they in fact did it, but here I have I absolutely believe that they were meddling in the 2016 election. Okay, in support of Hillary Clinton, you want to know why? Because their enemy, Russia, was uh-huh. doing it for Trump, right? And doing it yeah. effectively on a much larger scale, mm-hmm. and all the while using the same kind of social media methodology mm-hmm. and trickery that they used here in America, mm-hmm. they've been using that same kind of strategy in the Ukraine mm-hmm. they, to undermine um, the rule of law there, to fray, to basically incite divisiveness. Mm-hmm. 
Russian, uh, you know, Russians make up, I don't know, like 5%. Okay, you know, born and bred Russians make up literally less than 10% of the population of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But they constantly scream and yell yeah. l- loud enough to get all kinds of shit done. There was a thing about this statue that had to be moved. It was a whole thing. It was ridiculous. It was totally ridiculous. And they, they, they're thugs at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. You know, cause it's, because it's because over Russia. there, right. you, know, you get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, human trafficking, thuggery, plutocracy, oligarchy. All that shit is par for the course. So I, I just, there was uh, an article, it was one of these pieces, it was written by, let me see, she loves me, Michelle Goldberg, Roy Cohn is how we got Trump. No kidding, I wrote that like about a year and a half ago. I, I literally Well, they're said, slow, they're catching up. I said that about a year and a half ago. And she, she commented on a whole bunch of things that I had pointed out. Uh, he was chief counsel to Joe McCarthy, okay, and... Basically, he was gay. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was gay as a three-dollar bill. Okay, now when he died, he was sick for very sick for the last year of his life. Of course, he was uh, sick uh, because he was suffering from liver cancer. Oh, yeah, which he got from mm-hmm. you know having a bunch of Nordic Marys from Christopher Street. Inject semen up his ass over and over again. Oh my! That's how he got oh liver my. cancer. That's interesting. I you know? didn't know you could get cancer that way. Neither did I. And Neither did I. Reach the liver from yeah. there. He's, you know, he he also said that his his goal was to uh, die owing the IRS money. Like that was his goal in life, <laughs> and he did. Great. I I could do that. He's one of these guys that likes to walk out on his tab. He's one of these guys that gets hammered to the gills, has no problem walking out on his tab, and then furthermore, has no problem driving home drunk. Okay? (laughs) You know? You know, hey, you know, maybe I slam into a family of five. Maybe not. But I got to get home. So I'm me. Fuck you. This is the methodology. And we're now going to be seeing, and it's, you know, if, if you want to have fun, watch Hannity. Hannity is hilarious. Way more hilarious than, I mean, the five is kind of hilarious. I mean, Gutfeld and uh, the other guy there. I mean, <laughs> Katie Pavlich has certainly, uh, you know, she she's fallen right in line over there. She's, she's perfect. You know, this chick... No qualifications to be there. She basically graduated from Arizona State University. She was like writing for town hall. And now she's basically the most fuckable of the ones there. I mean, I'd do her in a heartbeat. You know, I wouldn't let her talk. But, I, you know, she's totally bought into that kind of thing. But Hannity is absolutely John, it's a must see these days. You have to watch Hannity, and particularly the I, opening. I don't. I don't want to watch Hannity, but since you brought him up, I, 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 I Hannity to me, <laughs> he looks like the, the the fat that I carve off of my pork chop. But <laughs> but he 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 and his counterpart, like like I, to me, there there's a bizarro mirror. There's a bizarro mirror in 
in uh, and now and now I'm I'm drawing a blank. Joe Scarborough, who I have nothing but respect for because he was a Republican who turned around yeah. because of this. Yeah. This is the kind of person that I can admire. This is a real American. George Will as well. That could be president because There's because reality reality cannot be denied. Yeah, sunrise and, and he is right. There's blow. there's someone with integrity, but like to me, Sean Hannity is bizarro George Scarborough. Like if you put a oh funhouse mirror he's, up he's, against him and yeah. and create a weird twisted opposite mutation, you'd get Sean yeah. Hannity. I can't watch him. He's ridiculous. Uh, I, know, can, I, I can only tolerate him yeah. in, in small doses at a time. But it's absolutely hilarious watching Fox News, you know, the primetime lineup. It is absolutely, it's, it's a stunning representation. And the thing is, is that it works because the people who watch Fox News don't watch anything else. Hmm. They watch nothing but Fox. So yeah, that yeah. is yeah. their Well, sure. the mainstream media, oh, you yeah. know, and, they, and these are the people that wear T-shirts to the Trump rallies with uh, with a, a hangman's noose around the journalists, oh, you yeah. know, hanging journalists from a tree, you know, uh, because they're telling us things that we don't want to hear, like, you know. Yeah, like the truth. Like the truth, right. Yeah, but I, confuse I, us with I, the I've, facts. I've been watching some of that stuff from time to time and watching Fox. I mean, Fox and Friends in the morning, that's just – that is – it's, it's well, three I, dumb people that, trying to be yeah, smart. Yeah, it's like if wrong. the Three Stooges were bigots. Yeah. That's you know what would it look like? What yeah. would it sound Howdy like? Howdy Doozy, son. Howdy Doozy. They're so stupid. Yeah, they, They're the dumbest the people. And the, if you really want to see what bizarro world looks like, Fox News now has a uh, like uh, a pay per view. Station Fox News oh, or whatever. Wow, really? That I can shit is, I can pay? That shit is literally I can pay for Fox News. We've That's now awesome. moved into like, you know beyond Bizarro World. There I don't even know what the term would be. Mm. I would but I wrote down to just to wrap this up, I said Roy Cohn is basically the Sun Tzu of today's GOP. Okay? His apostles were Roger Ailes and Carl Rove. Mm-hmm. It's as if the entire GOP was forced to watch a Roy Cohn training film the day after tr- Trump's inauguration. And uh, I said that the title of his training film was Dale Carnegie was a pussy. Who needs friends <laughs> once you learn how to influence people? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's them. That's, that's them. them. That's them. Dale Carnegie was a pussy. Right, it's like when I couldn't get a straight answer from anyone about why it was okay yeah. for Trump to make fun of the special needs person. Yeah. And after a long series of people telling me that I didn't see what I quite plainly saw, yeah. it took Man Coulter to clear it up for me. Yeah. She said, he wasn't making fun of that yeah. retard. He, he fun was making fun of... He was doing the standard retard. He's making yeah. fun of all the retards. Yeah, he's oh, just yeah. thank you. I yeah. see. He's basically all those, right. all those people out there that are they love bullying it. campaigns. They love it. That's exactly... Yeah. What bullying yeah. looks like. Yeah. That's yeah. what bullying looks like in its purest form. Yeah. That's it right there. That kind of thing. And for you know, and the the whole thing is is that now all mm-hmm. of the Fox News people the people that are on Fox News, all of the people that are, you know, in his administration and on Team Trump, you know, from uh Stephen Miller to uh Giuliani they're all 
using the same, you know, these lines. A deep making state up, making up names for people. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. And being, they're making up new ones, and they're yeah. all using. Yeah. It. And the latest one was uh, when the uh, the the girl, you know, took the boat over here. Uh, Greta, whatever her name is, Thornburg. Yes, you know yes. the environmental chick. Yeah, they're making fun of her. Yeah, they're making fun of the her. Little girl. They're making fun of and her, and that's and that's okay. I mean, yeah. it's not just okay; it's great. They like it. They do that. I. They're they're deplorable. They're despicable. Yeah, they're basket, re, they're, re, they're, they're, they're repugnant. They're disgusting. They're repugnant. The basket of deplorables comment. Yeah, that okay. was too kind. Way too kind. No, it was the not, reason. Not, the yeah. reason they fought against it is because it hit too close to home. They don't care. You always don't call us that. We, we are, but don't call us that. Most. Right, right. Unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what. On the subject of Roy Cohn, yeah, I figure that is a perfect segue into some more groove with cheap tricks. He's a whore on the Groovathon. SoFloRadio.com.
jogging shoes with those Martian radio things over their ears. People who stay inside double lock their doors and turn the TV up as loud as they can so they won't be able to hear what's really going on. The whole goddamn world is out to lunch. Why? Because nobody wants to be held accountable. Well, we're accountable. We're the judges, for Christ's sake. We're the law. We let it all happen.
The message is perfectly simple The meaning is clear Don't ever stray too far And don't disappear No, don't disappear Millionaire. They were humble in those days. <laughs> Pikers. You can't buy anything with that. Martin Fry. F-R-Y. You can't buy anyone with that. <laughs> I know. A million dollars ain't what it used to be, baby. Now it's pocket change. You know, and that out, that was like their, uh, what was it? Uh, shoot that poison out. Yeah. Right. So that was like their, their third album, I think. 
And uh, when I came out, I was working at Tower. And the the song, How to Be a Millionaire, okay, there must have been, I don't know, at least four, probably five or six different remixes that were all available as ver- on 12 inches, 45s, albums. This is back in the day when, you know, before anybody and their mother could just post stuff online, mm-hmm. you actually had to put it on vinyl. And they did that. They They literally had like... It must have been half a dozen different remixes of that song. Okay, one was like two and a half minutes. You know, the the, the AM radio added two minutes fifty seconds, and there was one that was like twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the rubber dub dub super extended mix. You know, for clubs. For that, the Soul Snatchers crushed ice from sniffing and snatching came out in two thousand seven. Before that, interesting band Morley. Gray, the song is Our Time from The Only Truth, came out in 1972. It's one of those albums that's like, uh, if people can find it, you know, the, the actual original pressing, it's considered, you know, something to have. These guys out of Ohio. It's, I'm not sure if they had any other albums after that. It's pretty bizarre stuff. Before that, another clip from The Star Chamber. And I'm trying to remember what I was going But basically what these guys do is they say, you know what? court system isn't working anymore and since we're the judges when some defense attorney manipulates the mm. rules of law right okay and you know so that they benefit an obvious mm. murderer criminal of mm. some sort yeah okay such that they get away with it. I don't know if you've ever seen a movie. Yeah. Star Chamber. Oh, yeah. That opening, the opening thing with the, with the like, garbage truck. Yeah. I like movies like that, like Gattaca, that make a good point. You know, they <laughs> may, not, may not be a good movie, but they, they, they sparkle, you know. I'll good tell you, it says it's an interesting, yeah. you know, it's, it's an interesting statement about the death penalty. Sure. You know, because See, that's what ends up happening the, later the, on. The reality the is we, we have a reverse star chamber, a, a death star, yeah. a dark star chamber yeah. that, that undoes all of the good things that lawyers are trying to do. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the, the, the good ones. That the is. rule of law has now become secondary to I'm me, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You the know? Brits call it I'm all right, Jack, fuck you. Yeah. Remember, that, that's I, I'll tell you, you know, like I said in that uh that thing that you read, you know, that little piece of uh, mm-hmm. good riddance to bad fellas. Mm-hmm. At some point or another, okay, you can you can talk about how the law has been tread upon, you know, just mm-hmm. just demolished in the age of Trump, and how he is using terminology mm-hmm. like executive privilege as if yeah. it in and of itself. Executive privilege means you can do whatever you want and yeah. not have to worry about any ramifications. Yeah. That's the privilege yeah. of the that's, executive. Yeah, that the, you're above the law. That's yeah. executive privilege. That's that's why grabbing I, pussy I, is a okay with his followers. I caught the beginning of the uh, Adam Schiff grilling. Um, what's the current uh, director of intelligence or whatever? McGuire. McGuire. They gave and he's like and he wouldn't get off this and I thought this is great because it says, so you took the whistleblower complaint to the object of the complaint. First, before you did anything yeah. else, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't that? I was like under- uh, Nunes, yeah. when he went up there, you know, in the middle of the night, back in. Uh, you doesn't know, that undermine the entire? You know, one would uh, think. the The irony yeah. behind all of this is that, basically, as I said before, you know, you would think that letting you know now Joe Biden has sent, his campaign sent a letter, I guess. 
to various uh, television stations and news organizations saying, you shouldn't have Giuliani on anymore. And this guy is basically going on your channel and lying. Why? Online. No, no. Have him on a lot. Every That's time he goes yeah. on, he shoots himself in the foot. That's exactly and like, how, how many feet do you have? Yeah. He's, he's out is, of feet. And that's kind of the the the, the storyline here is that it's gotten to the point now where, you know, con men are sneaky. These guys are obvious. And they're obvious because they know they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. I'm me. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. That's That's what it comes down to. Before the Star Chamber, yeah, Nick Lowe, I love the sound of Breaking Glass from Pure Pop for Now People, which actually was originally titled, um, I wrote it down, Jesus of Cool. That mm. was the uh, British release and uh, came out in 78, and then when it was released here in America, Columbia Records uh, changed the title, <laughs> okay? Mm. <laughs> you know, they didn't want Jesus is Cool. They did, mm. okay, and then they, they reworked the, the arrangement. I love Nicolo. Nicolo's fantastic. And kicking off the set, yeah, totally appropriate. Cheap trick. He's a whore. Yeah, filthy whore. Putanya. From their very first album, came out in 77. Cheap trick. Mm-hmm. Well, he is a whore, man. Well, it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. 954 247 Nine three six two. Any make, any model, bumper to bumper. Dave and the entire ASE certified crew of busted knuckle gear gurus at Precision Auto Works can lower your quarter mile time, no matter what set of wheels you've got. Whether it's an '87 Yugo, you haven't been able to get parts for in this millennium, but for some bizarre reason, just can't bear to part with. Or you've got a 69 Camaro with a freshly built 383 stroker under the hood. Five minutes in Dave's shop, and you will realize why serious hounds for horsepower in South Florida have come to swear by Precision Auto Works and the entire crew over there. Oh, you know what? Mm. Speaking of 69 Camaros with a 383 stroker power plant. Okay, here we are at Precision Auto Works. With another successful 33 motor rebuild. Let's hear how she runs. Fires right up. Runs beautiful. Nice lumpy cam. We haven't even driven it yet. Nice and lumpy sound out the back. Unfortunately, it's not going to pick up the sound for you guys to hear what it really sounds like. Absolutely beautiful car. We have another 69 we're building the motor for up front. That's going to be another six, six, five, five, six, five, six hundred horsepower on that one. That one I'm in the middle of building. And this one we just finished. Nice and healthy. Do a little bit of gas. Not too much, it's fresh. This thing is nice and crisp and responsive. I still haven't fine-tuned it yet. This is just, the car hasn't even been out of the shop yet. It's fired up, warmed up, this is on its second heat cycle. And uh, we'll go for a road test in a little bit. We'll see you guys later.
Yeah, that's right. That is a sound that, you know, it's, gets me hard, baby. <laughs> it is, I've seen this car, by the way. This I'm, particular I'm, I'm moving away from you a oh little my, bit. I'm getting pumped. Barrett Jackson, Las Vegas, the end of this week. Yeah, I think it's, uh, what is it, the third through the fifth? Something like that. But it's later on this week, Barrett Jackson. I, I turn off the phone. I do the, I actually do the internet feed so that it's a live feed from the, uh, f- you know, from the stage. I, I don't watch it on TV on like uh, Motor Trend Channel because okay, they have commercials. So you end up missing cars. And I love Steve Mignanti. I love Rick DeBrule. Those guys are great. They tell you everything. But I just don't want to miss a car, man. So I, I get the live coverage right off the platform. Yeah, let me tell yeah. you something. That is the place to go, man, for, for muscle cars. It is sick. He's got cars in there that are worth more than my house. It's oh, I imagine, it yeah. It is absolutely insane. And you've got a nice house. I do. That's it's not a, a, it's a decent yeah. pad. People, uh, I can hear people out there in the audience going, well, you know, maybe Tony lives in a haunted hood. <laughs> no, it's a, you know. Yeah, nice okay. But the car, I mean, that's a 69 Camaro with a 383 Stroker. Of course, Precision Auto Works, very easy to get to. 60 seconds off the highway. You take 95 to Atlantic, go west on Atlantic. Make the first left turn at uh, Andrews. First right turn at 3rd Street. Two blocks up on your left-hand side. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com homepage. Click on the box that says Tony C's Groovathon on the top row. Takes you right to my page. You're going to see a link for Precision Auto Works. Takes you right to their page. Tells you everything you need to know. Hey, mention the Groovathon. There is a discount. Mm. You're not going to need it, but <laughs> hey, it sure don't hurt. I mean, all the big companies got their tax break. Yeah. Why shouldn't you? That's right. Why shouldn't you? I mean, everybody else got theirs. Where's mine? I mean, yeah. the Walton family's getting theirs. That's why they're not getting <laughs> the rid of oil the companies IDs. get theirs. Oh, and then some. <laughs> okay. And also on that page, you're going to see a link to our SoundCloud page where every show we have ever done is available to be listened to for free. That's right. Yeah. Hashem and the Hizzy. Telling you that right now, baby. Shana Tova. Why? You can't put a price on Groove. And I'm absolutely certain Adonai would not want me to. Would not even want me to right try on. and calculate it, let alone then go ahead and do it. Not going to happen. You got to give it away to keep it. Mm-hmm. It is easier for a camel to, to pass, pass through the, the eye of a needle, needle than for a man who hoards Groove. <laughs> That's right. And doesn't to give enter it the away, kingdom of God, right? Okay. To get into the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Amen. There you go, baby. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars take, take their, their cars. cars. All right. A little hang time. A teeny bit of hang time. Of course, that uh, beautifully crafted tagline that is slathered in honest authenticity means that we've got the green light for the drive groove. Going to. Kick it off with the Hitman Blues Band on SoFloRadio.com.
And then you're running out again Don't you try and kiss me, baby I don't know where those lips have been
for you to say i
Let's give Jay a little taste. He hasn't, he hasn't had a chance to blow yet.
That is live from the Funky Biscuit. That was uh, last year in April. I just saw him, uh, I guess, a couple months ago, right before we went to uh, to P-Funk. I saw him at the Funky Biscuit. That has uh, special guest John Popper from Blues Brothers playing with him, which is uh, pretty cool. The uh, keyboards in that band, a guy named uh, is Jason Matthews. He's also got another really cool band called Electric Kiff. I think it's the name of the band, Electric Kiff. But I saw a video of them from a place in New York called The Shrine, and they did a killer version of one of my favorite Prince songs, uh, Spectrum, Plectrum, Electrum, whatever it's called. It's, it's, they just did a really cool version of that. So he's a local guy. He's from down here in Miami. Before that, yeah, generally this is the time of year when we you know, do our annual playing of Paul Gilbert's uh, anthem. <laughs> for us, everybody use your damn turn signal. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been playing that. However, he's got a brand new CD out this year. So I thought, you know what? Let's give him some props because that boy has got some mad skills on the fretboard there. Having it from his brand new CD just came out. Behold, Electric Guitar. That's the name of it. It is... uh his his shredding is epic. Uh, there's a video of this particular track having it, and you see him sitting there and playing this up. It is remarkable. I was talking to you about this earlier. That there are these there are these guys out there. It's like the the, uh, the outgrowth from uh, the Shrapnel Records Shrapnel label. The guys like Greg Howe and Guthrie Gavan and uh, Joe Satriani. And these are people like you know I've always. Uh, I make fun of them because, to me, they're like they're people who have never met a 64th note they didn't love, mm-hmm. okay? Whereas guys like Paul Gilbert, Steve Morse, Steve Howe, guys like that, they can play as fast as anybody. But as I was telling you, I saw this interview with Steve Morse. He said, you know, when you write, the, write a solo, it's not about putting in as many notes as is possible. Sometimes it's about the note not played, the note inferred, the note... Mm-hmm you know, eased in or eased out of a solo. And Paul Gilbert's one of those guys, man. I played a lot of his stuff. He's, uh, what is it, uh, not Brand X. I can't remember the name of his. He's got a uh, a band out there. They do a killer version of Superstition. Kicking off the set, the Hitman Blues Band, Hammer Down. That is from their very first release, When the World Moves On, it came out in uh, 2002. That cat's from uh, from New York City. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those guys, the Hitman Blues Band. So there you go, baby. We got another one in the books. Yeah, nice show. Yeah. I wanted to um, 
put some final thoughts out there regarding the uh, this whole impeachment thing. Um, some of Trump shows have been, you know, saying, I I think this is what uh, what's his name said on uh, 60 Minutes. He said, uh, if Pelosi, you know, truly believed that the president's actions warranted impeachment, then uh, why not just have the vote instead of having various committees in the House spend time investigating? Of course, you know, my thought was, of course, if Pelosi yeah. had done that, they would have claimed that it's ludicrous to have a vote on such an important decision without first investigating it. Right. Yeah. They're just going to say stuff and throw yeah, dirt gonna, in the air. It's you know, all it's, about it is all about, you know, counter, it's, it's, tro- it's trolling. It's weaponized trolling. Yeah. A troll uh, sacrifices their own time to waste yours. That's their their method They're really- is to keep you engaged in conversation so that the the bad thing can continue to go on. Yeah. It's, well, you know, this is this going to be interesting. I think I'm not going to use any of the terms that others have uh, succumbed to getting drunk. By mm, and drinking. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. This this is one of those things where because he it's it's out there because mm-hmm. it's so out there mm-hmm. that they can hem and haw. I mean, th- this is the initial pushback. Yeah, but let's see what happens in about a week or two. You know, there's by the to, way, do you have a pre- to go on break? Do you have a prediction of who the whistleblower is? Because I I I, know, I think I know. I have a good theory. One of the uh, I think it's Dan Coates. Dan Coates. Yeah, it's either Coates or the Susan somebody or other. That they were saying, I don't know. and and somebody was saying that you know, hopefully it is then because it would lend authenticity. Yeah, no, I hope it is Coates. I know he was uncomfortable there. Here's so. the thing: I noticed that some folks who think uh, there are people out there who think uh, it's a mistake to do it, and that we should we should just wait until next year and vote them out of office. Mm. Okay, and this is what I wrote to one of those people. I said, "It's one thing to fight against those who would silence dissent." It's quite another to acquiesce mm-hmm. to would-be silencers yeah. in the belief that now's not the right time to use the tools available because next year we'll have a better tool. So right. that will be the right time. There's an old expression. It's a poor carpenter who blames their tools. Side note, uh-huh. you can use that carpenter analogy whenever someone whines about the Electoral College. I fear that even if successful, to focus on ousting Trump from office at the polls next year in lieu of holding him to account while he's in the office now might harbinger the rapid growth of an already disturbing political precedent that relies on whataboutisms as an excuse for scurrious behavior while ignoring the hypocrisy of having historically criticized it in others. With the new year only days away, I am reminded that on Yom Kippur, I can't ask forgiveness from God without first asking forgiveness from my fellow man. I wonder if I'd be able to forgive myself if I didn't at least speak out against obvious transgressions and support macro-patriotism over micro-politics when I had the chance, recalling sage words from a sad time. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Mm -hmm. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. 
if we don't do the right thing now, then we might not be in a position to do it later. It's the same problem. I've said this about a number of topics that let's hope that we don't we don't subject our children to being ashamed of their parents for doing what their parents knew their parents should have done that we could have done and didn't amen okay I mean, this isn't about politics this is about our republic and the man who sits in the highest elected office in our nation as a public servant public servant I, I can't. I, 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 we need to use those words. You know the more. the people Public the people that would servant. hear what you're saying. You know, I think they're already on board, and the people that and that is the shame of the matter yeah, with, yeah. with these. With the other the people, people that they don't care about what you just said because yeah. they think that he's on their side. Right. That's why you're right about you know, and I the, agree with you about uh, Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. because he's if if you take him off the other stations, mm-hmm. then all he's going to be on is Fox, where the only people yeah. watching it. Only watch Fox. You want his lunacy out there for all to see. You want him to deny the patently obvious. You want him to tell us that the sun does not rise in the east. You want us to. You want to hear him say, "Who are you going to believe? Me or your lying eyes?" He's the self-emulating man. You know, he just goes on these shows and it explodes. You yep. know, and just blows up the guts all over the place. You know, wear a wear a raincoat. It's like the Hugo and Lolita show at the Sequarium when he's on TV. How's it going? I like that one. Thank you. They're not there anymore. But, uh, but I saw them. <laughs> I just, you know, we we can't let this one go. We just can't. We've started, you know, we've we've taken a pebble and we push it off the top. Of the yeah, you, you have to go through the process. And you're not going to get the votes. Listen, then, like, because you know here it is. The perfect the example. Oh, we the will. Mueller report came out. He found out that they weren't going to impeach. And he said, blank check, carte blanche. Yeah. Looks like I can do whatever I want. Right. We so, can't. So you get you. They this, needed. This is, they needed to listen. Not, listen. Yeah. The day he went into office, when he violated the emoluments, when he didn't divest, yeah, impeach, yeah, that did it. Yeah. Did it. I agree. Release your tax returns. What everybody else did, you didn't. Scumbag. Yeah. Did impeach. Yeah, emoluments didn't divest. This Bet. is this is, just no wiggle room. No wiggle room. That's this, it's it. This is the very very sad outcome of. What happens when people gather around and think to themselves, you know what? We need a businessman in the White House. No, we don't. There, because, there's so much wrong with that because, statement. Yeah, because a businessman has never had to answer right. to the, a, the citizens. A public, public servant, servant. All right, a businessman, ostensibly, if they're a successful businessman, is successful, shareholders. Is, right, is, successful, is successful at acquiring wealth. Yes. All right, and successful at taking. They're a they're a good taker of of wealth. That's not someone that you want in office. Someone who is motivated to take. You want a public servant in a public service and office. Here, and here's something I I I said this to somebody a while ago, and you're gonna love this. I right. I just it just popped into my head. Just like you cannot serve both God and, and mammon, mammon, you cannot serve both self and 
citizens and the citizenry. Right. That's the they're, they're they're contrary personalities. Find someone with who's who's achieved uh, helping other people, and yeah. I'm not talking about a clergyman who achieves yeah. talking shit to other people. Yeah, you have that was that's the thing. What we want is somebody. Who is genuinely? Yeah, you 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 know who was desirous. A, you know who was a, a Jesus like president, and they shat all over him. Jimmy Carter. Don't he was an actual. He he builds houses for the homeless. Yeah. Jesus was a carpenter, so he's using carpentry to build houses for the homeless, and they shit all over the yeah. man. The the you know the the uh, he divested. The hand, the hand. He that, sold his he peanut, sold farms. peanut farms. And he had a brother who was basically a oh fall-down, ridiculous yeah. drunk. Yeah. Of course, we didn't have the God, internet. God bless him. You we know didn't... what? You know what? You know what thing about Billy Carter? You know the thing about Billy Carter? Great beer. Yeah. In, uh-huh. in, in another day, he could have been president because he was like heads yeah. and shoulders above this guy, intellect-wise. People were comparing Billy Carter to Bush. Because you're, you gave Jimmy Carter shit about Billy Carter, and you guys want to run Billy Carter for president. That's what they said about Bush. And this here. Look at this <laughs> shit here. I'll tell you, dog. Who is it? Uh, Bill Maher I, you know, I like, had, a, had an interesting thing the other day. He said, I want uh, Joe Biden to win, but not the Joe Biden that's a little, you know, kooky and, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, misspeaks from time to time. He's like, I want a balls out, Rudy Tunes, <laughs> shitting in his pants. Okay. So that when, yeah. you know, when somebody comes over and says, how can you support that? And here, here was this great line. He goes, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> okay, you know right. I rank on Bill Maher Very a lot, good. but he nailed that yeah. one. Yeah. You know? In any event, right. you know, this is important stuff. We're coming back in two weeks though. Hopefully, you know they're supposed to go on break now. You know? I, I know. They're gonna let this simmer. I almost I'm gonna tell you something. I think that, that might actually you know serve uh, I don't know. No. Give it to me now. Hey, look. I think they should never go on vacation. They should never go on vacations. They should should get the exact same vacation that everybody else in the country gets. Pick a holiday, Jewish or Goyish. Mm. You get them all. You get all those holidays. You get two weeks. You get, you know. They could take a month as long as they spread it out, you know. Yeah. But these guys are on vacation. I don't mind these re- a couple of recesses. They, here. they work like 130 days I know, a year for 175 Gs. It's American royalty. They're our royalty. Freaking yeah. believable. Running for office isn't so yeah. much about getting an office. It's about getting an office as a stepping stone to becoming a really well-paid lobbyist mm-hmm. and then using the information you gleaned from two years in the house to enrich yourselves and whatever scumbag client hires you. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't worry about it. You know why? It's because time. other than Epstein, I <laughs> can manage to summon my better angels and believe that anybody is at some point or another deserving of at least a smidgen of forgiveness. Epstein is the uh, exception yeah. to that rule right now. Okay, even Trump. I, I have a list. Even Trump. No, I have a list. It's and when I say a smidgen, I'm talking mm. an angstrom unit. <laughs> no, you okay. don't make you don't make fun of special needs they don't, people. You would have to you take have to the repent. world's most powerful optical lens refractive telescope. And face it towards the ground to find a smidgen that small. <laughs> okay, that, but it's still there. Epstein, not so much. I, I just right. can't. No, I can't. well, I'm not. You're okay. not going to get any sympathy from me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? <sighs> yeah. Attitude of gratitude, my brother. Yeah, man. Right back at you. Hashem is in the hizzy. 
We're coming up on uh, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year. It's coming to an end, no? Oh, we're coming up on Yom Kippur. Sorry, yeah, I'm in Rosh Hashanah, right? Yeah, it's next week. It's I, ten, uh, there's 10 days. I normally have a big Jewish calendar, the radio <laughs> studio. But no, seriously, my rabbi would uh, bring it every oh, year. Oh, that's right. Everybody every year. Yeah, was up on the right. wall. Mm-hmm. Nice. They stole that. They did. They did. And I'm telling you, I have it in my heart to forgive them. That's right. I can forgive them. Yep. You know, hey, replacement mezuzah. Okay. For the yeah. studio, yeah. Something. Okay. All right. Something crazy. Yeah. You remember, I had the Superman, Hang Superman on. mezuzah. I just gotta, I right. gotta write that one down. Okay. Maybe you know, a mezuzah that looks like a rocket or something <laughs> cool like that. You know. <laughs> It looks like a rocket. Yeah, we'll put it on the studio door. Like Not outside. The goyim in this neighborhood will steal that. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. no. This, this oh, one yeah, is just for the studio. Ultra goyim over here. Yeah. Try and get the right passages in there. Mm-hmm. In any event, Shana Tova. And right. happy Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, let's all take a deep breath, folks. Okay, we got a lot of work in front Cleansing of us. breath. And our republic will go on. We will get the job done. He's yep. not going to get away with it. But for today, I'm praying. I'm sacrificing a chicken to Chango. You know, you got your religion. I got mine. <laughs> chicken to Chango. Well, yeah, we're going to get you out of here with a song that uh, I know speaks truth to power as far as both you and I are concerned. There's yeah. no doubt about that. For myself and Los Georges, as always, it is peace and aloha. Good night, Bob. Well, digesting, Reader's Digest, in the back of the dirty bookstore. A plastic flag with gum on the back fell out on the floor. Well, I picked it up and I ran outside, slapped it on my window shield. And if I could see old Betsy Ross, I'd tell her how good I feel. But your flag, the gal, won't get you. To heaven anymore They're already overcrowded From your dirty little war Now Jesus don't like killing No matter what the reason's for And your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore Well, I went to the bank this morning Join the Christmas club We'll give you ten of them flags for free Well I didn't mess around a bit I took him up on what he said And I stuck them stickers all over my car And one on my wife's forehead But your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore They're already overcrowded From your dirty
don't like killing, no matter what the reason is for. And your flag, cow, won't get you into heaven anymore. You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.